Welcome to the Dry Bones Ministries podcast. Each week, we'll bring you inspiring homilies and powerful stories from real Catholics, all about the truth, goodness, and beauty of Christ and His Church. If you're interested in supporting the work that we're doing, you can visit drybonespgh.org or follow us on social media at drybonespgh. Thanks for joining us. We hope that you are reminded of how much the Lord loves you and that you hear His invitation for you to come to life. Praise be Jesus Christ, now and forever. So a couple of weeks ago, I was making a couple communion calls. And for the most part, at each and every one of these homes, apartment buildings, I had to find street parking, which meant circling the block a couple times, then finally finding the spot and doing a like slick parallel park. On the one house that I went to, though, there was a young man out on the lawn waving me into the driveway. <laughs> and I thought, wow, what a welcome. And uh, as I was just appreciating it, here here I am. Wow, never been welcomed before to a communion call. Before I could even turn off the ignition, he's knocking on my window, asking me, are you here to buy the Porsche? And I said, uh, no. Well, who the heck are you? Except he didn't say heck. And I just responded, I'm Father Adam. I'm a Catholic priest. Oh, shoot. Except he didn't say shoot either. I said, after he was a little embarrassed, a little flushed, uh, he finally got himself together and said, well, are you sure you don't want to take a look at the Porsche? And then before I knew it, there he was launching off into the greatest sales pitch, trying to get me to consider broadening the horizon of my own view of a life of simplicity of a Catholic priest and how if I had this Porsche, my life and my ministry would be so much better. And whatever, I entertained him a little bit. And so I heard his pitch. He was telling me all about the car. And from a distance, it was a beautiful car. He was telling me about the prestige of of the product. He was telling me about the horsepower, about the engine. He was telling me about, you know, on and on and on. But I noticed as we got closer and closer, he wasn't telling me about any of the reasons for the scuffs, the scrapes, even the tears in the fabric. And he just seemed to like overlook all of the, the blemishes. And obviously then the biggest blemish was just I'm not going to be driving a Porsche. So I said, all right, I got to get to my communion call. And he said, all right, Father, she's right across the street. I think we're surrounded by sales pitches all the time. Just think about the last time you've been told the reason why you need this or that product, investment, opportunity, and and the sales pitches are all the same. Right up front, it's all of the benefits, all of the opportunities, all everything, all the reasons why your life will be changed forever without ever mentioning the cost or the risk. And it's just an interesting thing, right? Because I was thinking about this with our gospel and with Jesus, and by no means is he a salesman, right? And yet, I just couldn't help but thinking, if we were to hold Jesus up to the business etiquette of today, how would he do? Because I think for all intents and purposes, he would fail. Why? Because he puts the cost of discipleship right up front. Whoever wishes to come after me must deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. Most evangelists today would say, Jesus, stop! You're going to scare them away. Tell them more about the miracles, the healings, and the blessings. 
You can tell them about the cross later. But here Jesus is. He's telling them about the glory of discipleship, about the kingdom of heaven that he's come to establish, gathering the 12 tribes of Israel with these 12 apostles. And then he looks to Peter, just from last week's gospel, and says, you are the rock on which I will build my church. And with all of this, he doesn't wait to also let them know about the cost. Why? Right? Why? Well, because Jesus is not selling a product or a book or a lifestyle. He's inviting us to discipleship. So more than being interested in getting our signature, he wants our heart. More interested than having us enter into a contract, he wants a relationship. And for a relationship to be authentic, all the terms need to be present. With Jesus, you won't find the cross in a footnote, end note, or fine print. It's right up front. So no one can say, you duped me, Lord, as if we didn't know what we were getting ourselves into. Yet, even though Jesus couldn't be more clear about the reality of the cross, the cost, can we admit that for most of our experiences being in churches today, we hear a very different Jesus? Right? Whereas, like, on the one hand, we hear about the cross, take up your cross every day if you will be my disciple. And yet, it seems like in our churches, we're presented with a different gospel. This gospel that you can have Jesus without the cross. I think we've turned the Bible into a self-help book where you can find peace and meaning. We've turned Christianity into a religion of self-centered fulfillment, living your best life. And we've turned Jesus into a good buddy who will help us with our tough times and never give us more than we can handle. And we say that all it costs is just an hour a week on Sunday, right? Like, how do we get to this place? An hour a week? Come to church on Sunday. It will make you feel so much better. The Jesus that I see in the Gospels didn't come to take away our problems. Although, although sure, he works his fair share of miracles, healings. But I see him as leading us to an embracing of the sufferings of this life. Take up your cross. I think I see this in um, one of the philosophers, and I don't tend to agree with uh, most of anything he says. But the philosopher Nietzsche once said that to live is to suffer. And we know this, right? We know this, that our humanity after the fall has experienced the disharmony where now our life is necessarily off and broken and filled with great pain. The remedy of the Jews and of so many other different religions was to offer sacrifices. So what does that look like? You know, I see the injustices of the world and I need to remedy it with this offering meaning like this animal or this bread offering or this incense offering. And in contrast, what does St. Paul say in our second reading? I urge you by the mercies of God to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. Right? Like this is the paradigm that Jesus came to offer us, not just offering this sacrifice outside of ourselves, but to fully embrace even the sufferings that exist in our own lives and that we would offer ourselves, our own brokenness, our own suffering wholeheartedly to the Lord. God forbid, Lord, no such thing shall ever happen to you. Can we admit that Peter's words often resonate with the words of our own hearts? People suffer greatly in this world 
And we often want to tell Jesus, please, like, don't do it. Offer us another way, another route, another. And instead, Jesus invites us to the reality that we can't hide from it. We should never hide from how much people really suffer. And we definitely should not shout cliches at it. Like, God will never give you more than you can handle. Really? Like with God, we can always have control over our trials, sufferings, and tragedies. The cross is not something to handle, but it is something to embrace. And it has to be embraced in the confidence of the relationship that comes with it. For to embrace our cross is to find Jesus and to navigate this world that is filled with sufferings so that we can find the glory of the Father. For the Son of Man, says Jesus, will come with his angels in his Father's glory, and then he will repay all according to his conduct. Friends, what are the sufferings of our life? What are they? What are the the pains, the aches, the wounds? Maybe physical, maybe emotional, maybe psychological. It's like right now in our time, in our life, there are plenty of sufferings to go around And maybe it's in relationships, maybe it's in our families, maybe it's in our work, maybe it's financial, maybe it's like, take your pick. And then ask the Holy Spirit to guide you. And what is it that the Lord's asking you to offer to him? To really like come in close. And here's the thing, like with with our sufferings, when we see them not as something that get in the way of following the Lord, we can see them through the cross as an invitation to intimacy, to come so close to the Lord who embraces his own cross and invites us to follow after him, that it's in offering ourselves, our own lives, in the sacrifices and the sufferings that we all have, it's there that we find greater union and intimacy with the Lord. This is the paradox of discipleship. That most of us run away from suffering, but he says, whoever saves his life will lose it. The paradox is that if we lose our lives for Jesus, we actually end up saving it, finding it, and finding the Lord Jesus. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen.